Hey, welcome to another episode of uh, Stock Talk USA Investing Made Simple Podcast. I'm your host, John, and today I'm going to be talking about Alibaba. Before we start, I want to tell you guys that I'm still a little bit sick, so if my voice is a little bit raspy, I apologize in advance. Hopefully, you guys can still understand me. Just to uh, be on the safe side, I'm also going to post an article with all the resources and everything that I use to uh, pretty much talk about the podcast. So that way you guys can have a physical um, article to read along with the podcast if you wanted to. So in case you don't know what Alibaba is, Alibaba is an e-commerce company that is kind of similar to Amazon or eBay kind of. What it does is it connects buyers and sellers together on their platform. And that's it's just kind of a middleman. Just think of it as a middleman, you know, Um, so it's the Chinese version of Amazon in simple terms. If that's how if that's how you want to look at it, you can say it's just the Chinese version of Amazon. So before we get to talking about, you know, Alibaba as a company, there's one thing we need to talk about beforehand, and that's the fact that it's a Chinese company, you know. So we can't perform an analysis on a Chinese stock like we would do on an American stock, and that's because it's just completely different, you know. When you're dealing with a Chinese stock, there's so many different complications that come with it just for being a Chinese stock, you know. Not because I mean, let's talk about the the, t- the political tension between the two uh, countries. So that's definitely something that we need to consider before investing in any Chinese stock uh, listed on the exchange because you're taking on a risk that is not even just about business. It's about political uh, and trade agreements and stuff like that between two nations that can't always see eye to eye. So. I want to talk about some of the pros and cons of investing in a Chinese stock just in general before I even get into Alibaba. So obviously, one of the biggest things uh, to talk about with China is the fact that it's one of the biggest and fastest growing economies uh, by GDP growth rate in the world, you know. And if you don't know what GDP is, uh, GDP is gross domestic product and uh, when you use the GDP growth rate, it measures how fast the economy is growing. So to put it into perspective, China grew, had a GDP growth rate of 6.2% in 2019 uh, compared to the U.S.'s GDP growth rate of only 2%. So that means that China on a percentage basis grew three times uh, as much in 2019 as far as GDP growth rate goes. And that's amazing. You know what I'm saying? Because it's growing at a six, the economy is growing at a 6% rate a year. That is super massive, you know. And it's not to say that the U.S. isn't um, growing anymore, isn't a good country. It's just the fact that the U.S. is already a massive country, you know. it's we're so, The U.S. is so big. And China still has a lot of growth left in the tank, so that's why you see that growth rate at a lot of, uh, at a much higher rate than the U.S. It's not because China is a better country or whatever. It's just because it's a smaller country and they're becoming a world power, so their growth rate is going to uh, be much higher than the U.S. because the U.S. is already a much de- more developed economy and much more developed nation than China. 
And as you may have already guessed, uh, with that growth rate comes a middle class. Because uh, middle class consumers are the one who's pretty much going to carry the economy on their back and, and uh, you know, spend the most money. So when we talk about middle class consumption, China, the middle class consumed $7.3 trillion, while the U.S. middle class consumed $4.7 trillion. So that means China, the middle class in China last year... Well, not like we're in 2021. So two years ago, the middle class in China almost spent double as much as the middle class in the U.S. did. You know, that's massive. And by 2027, the middle class in China is expected to be over 1.2 billion people. 1.2 billion people in the middle class segment in China by 2027. Let's keep in mind that the population in the U.S. is a little under 400 million. I think it's about 330, 40 million, something like that. So gather up every single citizen in the U.S., count that person three times, and then that's how much, that's how many uh, people you will get inside the Chinese middle segment, middle class segment inside their country. That is a massive group of people. Another interesting to note about the Chinese is that over 90% of their citizens own their home. So that means that that's 90% of people that own their homes. 90%. What that means is that they're going to have additional consumer discretionary spending to spend on items that they don't necessarily need, like vacations, and do, because they don't have to worry about uh, not owning their home. You own your home, then you have more free cash flow. I mean, not more free cash flow, but you have, yeah, you have more free cash flow. I'm just speaking in terms of the uh, cash flow statement because I don't know why, but yeah, you have more free cash to, to spend on things that you normally wouldn't spend money on if you had to worry about your mortgage payment every single month. In addition to that, 70% of millennials in China own their home compared with only 35% in the U.S., so that means that the younger people and the older generation, they all have more money to spend on discretionary items, such as going shopping, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be, buying the newest iPhone. They have extra money to spend, so they're probably going to spend it, you know, or they're gonna, probably going to save it. But that money will show up in the economy some point, which is why you already see that they're spending seven trillion dollars and uh, the middle class is already spending seven trillion dollars a year on products because they have extra money laying around. So they're going to spend it. Now that I'm done gassing up China, let's talk about some of the cons because there are definitely some fucking cons about investing in Chinese stocks. And this is why I don't have too many Chinese stocks in my portfolio because it's so anything could happen. You know what I mean? So let's talk about the executive order. I'm not sure if you guys heard about the executive order 13959, which was signed by Donald Trump on November 12th of 2020. And it stated the goal is to address the threat from investments that finance the communist Chinese military uh, 
so the it what it what the executive order by Trump did was prohibit all U.S. investors, institutional and retail investors, from investing in stocks of companies identified by the U.S. government as communist Chinese military companies, and they listed about thirty-two companies that were supposedly financing or helping somehow give data to the Chinese government. So. When you have executive orders like that that can possibly delist stocks from like main exchanges, that's a big fucking deal, man. And that that hurts investor confidence because it just shows you where the political tension is between the two nations. The fact that Trump was able Trump wanted to um he, he signed the executive order to get it done. And as you can you've probably heard of a couple of headlines about China Mobile and a couple of other uh, Chinese stocks being delisted off the New York Stock Exchange, and it's because of the executive order. So, when when you have things like that going on, it makes you think twice about wanting to invest inside of a Chinese stock. And speaking of investor confidence, let's talk about Luck and Coffee. Like I'm pretty sure you guys heard about what happened to them. If you didn't, Luck and Coffee is pretty much the the Chinese Starbucks and what they did was they were lying about how much coffee they were selling per day to inflate their numbers to make it seem like they were growing at a much faster rate so that way when they uh finally went public they could uh IPO at a higher valuation and they pretty much lied and tricked investors and that's another that's strike two that's another problem that I have with investing in Chinese stocks because the regulation and like it's super sketchy like luck and coffee like you wouldn't expect you wouldn't have expected luck and coffee which is you know like i said the starbucks of china you wouldn't have expect such a big company like luck and coffee to sit there and lie and inflate numbers on their financial reports you know so it just makes you question like what other chinese companies are doing this you know is alibaba doing this is other companies doing this like at what point does it stop it makes you lose confidence in the Chinese stocks. Another thing to talk about is the whole Hong Kong and China conflict that's going on right now. Once they imposed that national security law in, in Hong Kong, which was supposed to pretty much continue to suppress the Hong Kong people and prevent them from getting their democratic rights that they deserve, that shit was able i mean it had so many problems in the trump administration they it, it triggered so many u.s sanctions against china because of that you know so it's so many political and social problems that are going on in china that can affect the stock so that's why i'm talking 10 minutes i'm talking about i haven't even begun to talk about alibaba and the company yet because it's so important to talk about the pros and cons of investing in these chinese stocks because you're assuming a lot of risk of a over a lot of things that you cannot control you know and it's thing it's something that you need to think about before investing in them so i've already been talking for about 10 to 15 minutes so i'm i'm going to go ahead and end this podcast episode and I will release part two of this whole Alibaba talk in the next few days. I'll try to get it to you guys as soon as possible. I don't want this podcast to sit here and be like 45 minutes long with all this information. That's just going to make it a little bit harder for everyone to understand. Because I'm kind of lost looking at all these numbers and stuff too. So I don't want to just have a whole podcast on one episode where I'm talking 
for 45 minutes about the pros and cons and then all of the finances is it's going to be overwhelming for some people so i'm gonna just try to split it up so that way it's more it's uh easily digest so i will if you are not following the podcast already make sure you follow this podcast so you can get an update and a notification when i release the next episode and also if you're not already on my instagram go check it out stock underscore talk usa you can dm me any questions you have or you can just check out my websites www.stocktalkusa.com and i will make sure to get back to anyone who sends me an email on the contact us button on the site Have a good day, evening, night, or whatever time it is for you. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and I'll see you next episode.